All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great, great day. My name is Clint. This is my friend Ivy, and we are uh, representing the student ministry here at uh, Good News Church. And we just want to welcome you here on this um, incredible Mother's Day. If you are here for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. On the back of the seats, there is a connect card. If you would just take a minute and fill that out, we would love to say hi to you and uh, get a chance to meet you as well. So um, if you're here for the first time, we are so grateful to be able to be in God's house with you today. Happy Mother's Day. I think it's kind of a perfect day to get dressed up, bring your kids, have them fed breakfast, and they're back there learning about Jesus with people that love them. If you miss getting your picture done, they're going to do them after service as well. So thank you, Christine, for doing that on your Mother's Day. Yep, VBS. You want to so, tell us about yeah, VBS? VBS is going to be, um, it's an amazing week here at Good News. It's very well done. The kids get here. They're so excited in the morning. They go through games, music, stations where they learn about the Bible, go into small groups. So um, we see a lot of kids come to faith that way. If you'd like to serve in VBS, there's an opportunity to do that too. So um, there's QR codes in the lobby on the screens. Yeah, VBS is going to be awesome. So excited about that. Also, um, we have a couple more weeks of student ministry um, until school is out. And we actually don't meet regularly during the summer. Uh, we have some summer events that we'll let the, uh, let the families know about as well. Uh, but next Wednesday is uh, for our activity, whatever, is going to be Nerf Wars. So we're going to have some Nerf War stuff. And then the last Wednesday, which is actually two Wednesdays away, is going to be our end of the year celebration, which is going to be outside. We're going to be doing barbecue. There's going to be all kinds of water games and water slides and slip and slides. It's going to be a whole uh, water thing. So it's going to be awesome. So, um, so we certainly want to invite your students to be here the next couple weeks for Nerf Wars next week and also for our end of the year celebration. So um, got a lot of stuff coming up, and then we're going to have a full summer of things going on. So we are so excited about being here with you today. Happy Mother's Day to our moms. Come on, let's give it up for our fearless leader, Pastor Dave. I can't remember how he said his last name now. Ackerman. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. My name is Dave, and I'm the campus pastor here at Good News. Now, the best thing about Good News Church is Jesus Christ. And the second best thing about Good News Church is all of you, the people who call Good News Church their church home. And you're going to see in the next few minutes a picture of how beautiful the church is. If you were to ask me, Dave, what's your plan for growing Good News Church? And what you're about to see on the stage is, is my plan. It's the Bible's plan for how the church grows. The church grows when people live as a family and their families are joined into the greater family, the church. So if you're joining Good News Church this morning and you're bringing children to be baptized this morning, Y'all come up, uh, up on stage. This week, uh, in addition to what you're about to experience, we also celebrate one person who put their trust in faith last week. Okay, so let's, let's move this out of the way. We're going to need some room. All right. So, y'all come on in, come in, there we go, this is great. Now, what's going to happen over the next few minutes is there's going to be some promises made, there's going to be some prayers said, there's going to be some water sprinkled on some heads, and it's going to be an amazing time for you to see in a picture the faithfulness of Jesus Christ to his church. 
And so we have uh, some families who are coming to join Good News this morning, and we have some people who are coming to be baptized this morning. And uh, so for those of you joining, let me ask you these questions. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his wrath and hopeless without his mercy? This is where you say yes. Okay, good. And do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you trust him alone for salvation as he's offered in the gospel? And do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will seek to live as followers of Christ should? And do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to promote its purity and peace? Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you for each of these families that have joined Good News this morning. And thank you for all of us who call Good News Church their church home. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would prove yourself faithful as Savior and Lord, and that you would give by your Holy Spirit the grace necessary to follow through on the commitments made today. And Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the gifts and abilities that you've given to each one of these men and women. I pray that you would stir up in them a, a willingness to use those gifts to win people to faith in Christ and to build people up in their new faith in Christ and to equip workers and send disciple makers to the nations. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now, in addition to this, as if this wasn't enough, now we get to have some water and we get to do some baptisms. So I'm going to call each family up one by one. And um, so let's start with the Geiger family. So Lee and Allison have joined Good News Church this morning, and Reagan, Reagan is a believer in Jesus. So some of the kids who are being baptized this morning are believers in Jesus. And so we baptize them in obedience to God's word. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that he's commanded. Reagan, there's one more part of that verse, and it says this, Lo, I am with you always. So Jesus has saved you, and Jesus has made a promise. I'll forgive all your sin, and I'll give the Holy Spirit so that you never have to be alone. And so as we baptize you, we baptize you into the church, we baptize you into Christ, and we baptize you to remind you that you're forgiven all your sin and that you have the Holy Spirit. So Reagan, let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray for Reagan that she'd follow you all the days of her life. And I pray that as the water's poured on her head, that you would make good on your promise to forgive her, to give her your Holy Spirit. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Reagan Geiger, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Way to go, Reagan. I did say pouring, right? You guys heard that last week, right? Okay, good. All right, let's go with the cut lips next. Now, the cut lips have three daughters, 
And the Cudlips have joined the church this morning, and they bring their daughters as covenant children because God makes a promise to parents and to children that he'll be a God to them and to their children. So we baptize these girls in the promise that God will work in their lives to bring them to saving faith in Jesus. And on the day that they do profess faith in Jesus, we'll all get to celebrate. And so as they bring their daughters to be baptized, I want to ask you these questions, mom and dad. Okay, great. These two are believers. Hallelujah. And then we have one covenant child. Actually, I'm going to ask all the parents who are bringing covenant children to answer uh, these questions with the, with the cut lips as well. And then I have a question for you. Okay. Did I tell you all this was going to be a lot? <laughs> Do you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you? Okay, great. And do you claim God's covenant promises in their behalf? And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation as you do for their own? And do you now unreservedly dedicate your child to God and promise in humble reliance upon divine grace that you'll endeavor to set before them a godly example, that you'll pray with and for them, that you'll seek to teach them the truths of our holy faith, and that you will strive by all the means of God's appointment, to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, would you like some help? Do you as the congregation undertake the responsibility of assisting these parents in the Christian nurture of these children? If you will, why don't you stand? Let's pray. Jesus, for all these kids who are baptized as covenant children, would you work in their lives to bring them to saving faith? And for all who are baptized as believers in Jesus, thank you. May all these children, baptized as covenant children, come to share the faith of their, their older uh, cousins in the faith. And, and may this congregation seek to assist all these parents and bringing up these children to know and follow Jesus Christ. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, Emma. So, Emma, Cudlip, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then Elliot. Okay, Elliot Cudlip, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And last, Everly. Everly Cudlip, covenant child of believing parents, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of this special day. Okay, let's, uh, let's have the uh, Rudolphs next. So Amy and Jordan, we're baptizing you as believers in Jesus. And, and Avery and Judah, we're baptizing you as covenant children of believing parents. It's so good to grow up in a Christian home. Great. That's great. So Jordan, we're going to baptize you as a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to pray that you'll follow him all the days of your life. 
And listen, there's nothing better than having the testimony that I grew up in a Christian home. My parents told me about Jesus. I was a part of a church where they encouraged me to follow Jesus and equipped me with how to do it. In all the days of my life, I've been following Jesus, and, and he's been so faithful to me. And my story is, is not that I've done so many good things, it's that he's done everything for me. So I pray that that'll be each of your stories. And uh, we'll start with Amy. So Amy Rudolph, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Jordan, Jordan Rudolph, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Avery, Avery Rudolph, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the cringe of faith. It's awesome. Okay, Judah. Judah, covenant child of believing parents, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's, um, let's have uh, the, the Wheatons um, next. So the Wheatons have joined the church this morning, and uh, it's Haley and Ellie? Haley. Haley and Ellie. Okay, so Ellie has already been baptized, and so we're so glad that she's a part of your family and a part of Good News Church, and she's going to grow up to hear the gospel and learn to follow Jesus all the days of her life. And, and Ellie? Haley. Haley. <laughs> We get to baptize you this morning as a covenant child. We're so glad that you have a Christian mom and dad who want to teach you about Jesus and help you follow him all the days of your life. So, Haley, yeah. Wheaton, covenant child of believing parents, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, y'all. And then um, let's have the uh, droughties. So this is special. Um, Robbie and Teresa are Mitch's grandparents, and they bring Mitch this morning to be baptized as a covenant child, a part of the family of God here at Good News Church. And we're so glad to have you a part of Good News Church, Mitch. We're so glad that you have grandparents who love you and want to teach you about Jesus, and, and we're so privileged to be able to join them in that. So Mitch, Droughty, covenant child, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, only a mom and a grandmother would know what to do when the towel is handed to her. Thank you so much, guys. And then um, we have uh, Sherry, if you and Riley would come forward. And so Sherry, uh, we're so glad to have you a part of Good News Church. And we're so glad to have your granddaughter, Riley, a part of Good News Church as well. And Riley, I'm so glad that you have a grandmother who's come to know Jesus. 
and that she's going to tell you about Jesus and help you follow him, and we get to be a part of helping your family understand who Jesus is. And so, Riley, covenant child, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job, Riley. Thank you so much. Okay, so who is not gone? <laughs> these two right here. Awesome. So these are the folks who have been a part of Good News Church the longest, and i um, so, so grateful for you, Braylon, and so, so grateful for you, Hannah, and Ryan, and Aaron. I'm so thankful for you guys and your partnership in the gospel here at Good News Church and uh, your friendship in Jesus. And so you've put your trust in Christ, Braylon. So I baptize you as a believer in Jesus. So Braylon Morgan, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Hannah Morgan, believer in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have we missed anybody? Has anybody been left out? We still have water left. I'm just saying. So people say, well, will anyone remember today? Well, I sure will. And your parents will. And so I have letters for each of the families, for both the parents and for the kids, reminding them of the promises that uh, they've made today and what God has promised today as well. There you go. And there we go. Now, I'm somewhat administratively challenged, so if there's typos or anything in the letter that needs to be changed, please let me know and I'll have somebody else do it right. Oh, thank you so much. Let me pray for each of you. Jesus, Thank you for the promises that you make in your word, that you are a faithful God, that what you've promised, you'll do, that what you've said, you'll accomplish. Faithful is he who called you, and he will bring it to pass. Jesus, you said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. So I pray that for for every child baptized this morning as a believer, for every covenant child baptized into the body of Christ, I pray that you would be faithful to your electing love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. What a special, special thing. I really want to thank Lisa uh, for her. She's our children's ministry director. She's worked so hard loving these families and shepherding them well. And that was a really special idea, idea that she had to do this today. And so thank you so much, Lisa. And I also want to thank each of you who serve in our kids' ministry and in our student ministry, because without you, we wouldn't have the people to share Jesus 
with each of these kids and partner with these parents to disciple their kids in the things of the Lord. So this morning is Mother's Day, and every Mother's Day we pick a, an extraordinary woman from the Bible to look at, and this year we're going to look at Elizabeth, and we're going to go very, very quickly with Elizabeth, um, but let's uh, read God's Word, Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read just a few verses from the chapter. Um, we're going to start in verse 5. This is God's Word. It's inspired and errant infallible, it's sufficient, it's our only rule for faith and practice. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Verse 24, after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. She kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. And then in verse 39, Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lip, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's spend just a moment in prayer. Father, I pray, help us. Help us understand and apply this passage to our lives. Encourage mothers. And Lord, I pray. I pray for women here this morning who, who for this day is a, is a day of heartbreak and grief. And, and for all those who have lost mothers, I pray that you would comfort and encourage. And Lord, for, for all my Elizabeths, all the women who, who you have blessed with children, I pray that you would encourage them and help them to know the great favor of the gospel to them through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray in your name. Amen. So this past week, uh, Swan and I were in uh, Sedona, Arizona. We went and visited Phoenix, and then Sedona, and then made our way eventually to Williams, and then we went and saw the Grand Canyon. And while we were in Sedona, Arizona, we saw this uh, rock formation, and the name of this rock formation is Mother and Child. You see it, right? <laughs> I didn't see it at first, 
Uh, so let me circle it for you. So there it is, mother and child. Do you see it now? Okay, let me help you a little bit more. So there's the mother and there's the child. Okay, you see it now. Okay, this is a famous uh, rock formation. Now the, the geologists, they, they say that it's been there millions and millions and millions of years. Maybe that's true, but it's been there longer than I've been on the earth. I know that. And it's made to last. How about you? Would you like to have a life that could stand all the tests of this life? And there are tests, right? I mean, you know this as, as a mother. You know that there's tests. Chuck Swindoll, many years ago, he did a study of the Bible. He said for every nine people in the Bible who can pass the test of adversity, there's one who fails miserably at the test of prosperity. See, we are tested in two ways. We're tested by adversity and we're tested by prosperity. Both test our confidence, our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. And if we're going to be mothers, women, fathers, men, who stand the test of time, who, who really are rocks built upon Jesus Christ, then we need to learn to pass the tests of adversity and prosperity. And that's what we're going to learn this morning, is that Jesus enables us to pass the test of adversity and prosperity. Isn't it true, moms, that you face you experience some of the highest highs and the lowest lows as moms. I mean, you experience some of the greatest things. You, you get to experience, usually, your child's first smile. The attachment that a child has with their mother. I mean, I remember holding my kids. They'd be crying, 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 and then in would walk Sue Ellen. She'd take them in her arms, and the crying would stop. She'd hand, her, hand the children back to me, back with the crying, more tears. Moms experience the joy of that attachment. They see the first smiles of their children so often. But they also experience the adversity, the sick nights, the fevers, the stomach bug that rolls through the house, Always hits mom last. <laughs> they experience the adversity. They experience the prosperity, the success, the fruitfulness, the, the life of their children as they grow up and they leave the home. And remember a few years ago, Kevin Durant, he won the MVP award in the NBA. And you remember what he said at his acceptance speech? He said, my mom, she's the real MVP. Oh, moms, I, I wish that you'd have a child like Kevin Durant, not, not seven feet tall and play in the NBA, although that'd be okay, but, but somebody who understands and lets you know that you are the real MVP. Moms, all of us this morning, all of us this morning have a mom, 
And all of us this morning can learn from Elizabeth how to pass the two great tests of life, both adversity and prosperity. Jesus can enable us to pass both tests. And we're going to see how did Elizabeth pass those two tests. We're going to see how she did it, and then we're going to apply it, and we're going to have to go fast, okay? So let's, let's do this together. In, in, uh, in the story of, of Elizabeth, every year we pick a woman from the Bible, an extraordinary woman of the Bible. And this year we look at Elizabeth. It's easy to find many, many, many ordinary men in the Bible sinners. But when we look in the Bible for women, all we find are extraordinary women. All the women of the Bible are extraordinary. Sinners, saved by grace, but extraordinary. Uh, just, just as we find so many ordinary men. Now Elizabeth, Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, who's the mother of Jesus. And we learn from the scripture that, that Elizabeth lives in the hill country of Judea, just south of Jerusalem and Bethlehem in the region known as the hill country. So she lives in the hill country near Bethlehem, and she's a relative of Mary, who would be the mother of Jesus Christ. And Elizabeth, we find out in verse 6 that, that she faces adversity. In verses 5 and 6, we find out that Mary, uh, Elizabeth is facing adversity. She's childless. And in the culture of, of the first century, in the Jewish culture, a traditional culture, to be childless was a great shame. So Elizabeth would have been looked upon with suspicion that maybe she had sinned. Maybe the reason for her barrenness was that she had done something wrong. But the text that I just read tells us that no, she walked blamelessly before the Lord. So Elizabeth faces adversity. She's childless. But she faces prosperity. She has a husband. <laughs> you say, Prosperity, she has a husband. Yes, prosperity, she has a husband, Zacharias. And her husband, Zacharias, he has finally reached the pinnacle of his life as a priest of God in Israel. He's a descendant of Aaron. He's a priest of God. And, and once, just once during his life, he gets to go to Jerusalem and do his priestly duties. His turn has finally come. So Elizabeth faces adversity. She's childless, but she has prosperity. She has a husband. And her husband is getting to experience the thing that he was made for as a descendant of Abijah. Prosperity. They face adversity. Elizabeth faces adversity. Not only is she childless, but the prospects of her ever becoming pregnant are growing dimmer and dimmer and dimmer as she grows older and older and older. She's probably over 30 and under 50, but the text tells us that she's growing older and she's still childless. 
She's facing adversity. She's aging. And she's beginning to think, it'll never happen for me that I will be blessed with a child. But she experiences prosperity. God blesses her and allows her to become pregnant. And she's pregnant. And she gives birth to John the Baptist. But then there's adversity. Because you never stop being a mom, right? And even when John the Baptist is grown and he leaves home and he begins to fulfill that unique ministry that God calls him to, Elizabeth is still his mother. We read in the, past, in the text of Scripture that John the Baptist is beheaded by Herod because John the Baptist had the courage to stand for biblical truth and biblical ethics against Herod and his sinful taking of his brother's wife, committing adultery with her. And John the Baptist says, that is wrong. That's a sin. And for that, he's beheaded. And Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, faces the greatest heartbreak any mother could ever experience, the loss of a son. And so Elizabeth faces adversity. And Elizabeth faces prosperity because Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, in Matthew eleven eleven, 11, Jesus Christ says that of all the prophets of Israel, there has never been anyone equal to John the Baptist. Prosperity. Do you see in Elizabeth's life, her, her, the adversity she faces and the prosperity she faces, and she passes both tests, walking blamelessly before the Lord, how does she do it? How does she do it? She does it because she has confidence in the good news of the gospel. And what is that? Look at verse 6. She and Zacharias are told, in, we're told of, uh, of them, that they are both righteous in the sight of God. Now, if you're a student of the Bible or you're a student of your own heart, then you should immediately know when you see that, that they were righteous in the sight of God, that should say to you, wait, Romans 3.10 says that there is none righteous, not even one. So how is it how is it that Zacharias and Elizabeth could pass, how could Elizabeth pass the test of adversity and prosperity because her heart was toenailed, toenailed to the promises of the gospel? It was the gospel that gave her hope. It was the gospel that gave her righteousness. None of us have righteousness in and of ourselves, but all of us can have righteousness credited to our account. What is righteousness? Righteousness is to be right with God. Righteousness is to be right with God, to be in a right relationship with him, that when God looks at you, he says, you are acceptable to me and I am pleased with you. 
Would you like to be righteous? You can. Romans 1, verse 17, verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For in it, verse 17, a righteousness from God is revealed by faith from beginning to end, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So how is a person made right with God? How are you enabled to pass the test of prosperity and adversity? How did Elizabeth do it? She was righteous. How did she get this righteousness? How did she get this right standing with God? Through faith in the promise. Just like Abraham, her father, believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. How did Elizabeth pass the test? By faith in the gospel. By faith in the gospel, she was declared righteous. She was made righteous. How do I know that she was declared righteous? Verse 6 tells us that having been declared righteous through faith in the promise of God, she was able to walk blamelessly before God. That when she entered into this relationship with God through faith, that saving faith enabled her to have a new heart and a new life. And she walked blamelessly before God, not to become righteous, but because she was righteous. That's how she was able to pass the test of adversity. Because when adversity comes, when adversity comes, a voice whispers in our ear, or in our gut, and says, you couldn't possibly be a child of God. If this, if this kind of thing is happening to you, God couldn't possibly love you. You must have done something wrong. And it's at that moment of adversity that we, like Elizabeth, have to preach the gospel to ourselves. And the gospel says, God is pleased with me because he's pleased with his son, my savior, Jesus Christ. His work on my behalf settles the equation once and for all. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, including my righteousness. He makes me acceptable to God. When you faith prosperity. You need the gospel of Christ's righteousness credited to your account. When you face prosperity, you need the gospel because you'll hear a voice in your head or in your gut that says, oh, what a good Christian I am. People must sure look up to me. Look at what I've been able to accomplish for God. And at that, at that moment of prosperity, you need to have your heart toenailed to Jesus Christ that my righteousness is not based upon my performance, but Christ's performance for me. I am made acceptable to God and nothing that I ever produce adds one bit to the merit of Jesus Christ's love and sacrifice for me. 
That's how Elizabeth passed the test of adversity, and that's how you can too. That's how Elizabeth passed the test of prosperity, and you can too. But listen, the message this morning is not be like Elizabeth. The message this morning is believe in Jesus as your righteousness. Trust in Christ as your righteousness. You're standing before God. Have you? Martin Luther, in his preface to his commentary on Galatians, he says this. It's called a passive righteousness because we do not have to labor for it. It's not righteousness that we work for, but righteousness we receive by faith. This passive righteousness is a mystery that someone who does not know Jesus cannot understand. In fact, Christians do not completely understand it and rarely take advantage of it in their daily lives. When there is any fear or our conscience is bothered, it is a sign that our passive righteousness is out of sight and Christ is hidden. The person who wanders away from passive righteousness has no other choice but to live by works righteousness. If he does not depend on the work of Christ, he must depend on his own work. So we must teach and continually repeat the truth of this passive or Christian righteousness so that Christians continue to hold to it and never confuse it with works righteousness. Moms, when your kids break your heart, you have a righteousness, a standing before God that you can toenail your heart to. When you, when you see your children flourish and grow and accomplish amazing things, look at my daughter, the doctor, look at my son, the lawyer, or the pastor, or the missionary. When your heart swells with pride, and it should, remind your heart, my heart is toenailed to Jesus Christ. His righteousness is the thing that merits my eternal life. Is it true for you? The bad news of the gospel is this. We have no righteousness of our own, none of us. No one is righteous, no, not one. But we can receive a righteousness, a rightness with God on the basis of what Christ has done for us. His perfect life, his atoning death, his resurrection from the dead proves that through him and him alone, a rightness with God is available to any who believes. Have you believed? Won't you? Won't you say to Jesus this morning, Jesus, I have no righteousness of my own. Jesus, give me your righteousness. Forgive me all my sin and give me the gift of eternal life. I believe in you as Savior and Lord. Come into my life and help me become the person you want me to be. If you'll do that this morning, right where you're sitting, then Jesus says, I now say you're right with God. 
And if you have done that and you're a Christ follower, then Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord, says, I'll get you safely through all the adversity and all the prosperity of life. I'll give you my Holy Spirit. And one day soon, I'll come back again and you'll be with me forever. Be encouraged. Be encouraged by the gospel this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, we've seen the gospel in the baptism of children. We've heard the gospel. And the only question is, have we believed it? Have you? If you haven't, won't you? Won't you say to Jesus now, Jesus, I admit to you that I've sinned against you in many ways, and I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe that you lived the life I should have lived. I believe you died the death I deserved to die. You rose from the dead. Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'll follow you. Help me become the person you want me to be. And Jesus, I pray that, that, Lord, through all the adversities and all the prosperity of life, don't give us too much and don't give us too little. Give us just what we need to walk in wisdom and with every circumstance, give your Holy Spirit that we might be enabled to live as your followers, Jesus. All to the praise of your glory and grace. I pray in your name. Amen.